the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. Now, here's your host, Doug Parker. I want to welcome you to Texas Money and Business today. Thank you for joining us on the program. It is always great to have Doug Parker as our host for the show with Ambitious Radio Network. Doug, it's good to see you. Happy New Year. We have a great uh, guest here and a great show coming up, don't we? Yeah, thanks so much, Ron. And as always, great to see you. Thanks for what you do. Sure. And um, again, I've, I've, I've tried to do some couple things without you. And man, I'm going to tell you what, uh, working the magic back there, it makes a huge <laughs> difference. So thanks for what it's you do. My pleasure. Uh, you know, today, obviously, as always, we're talking to uh, to ambitious individuals, entrepreneurs, and and folks that really have a bend towards leadership, and you know that that the the things that make them ambitious. And so, uh, as we get the show started today, really want to kind of thank our sponsors for making it possible. We've got Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system, and most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee loans uh, for for things that they're taking out for their companies, and so that can be tough to do if you've got credit issues. So, with that being said, go get some perfect credit, repairmycreditnow.com, uh, and, and they'll do a free credit report evaluation for you and sit down and, and go through those types of things. Uh, here in this first segment, you know, we want to get to know the ambitious entrepreneur. So today we're going to be visiting with Chris Dunham. He's the global ambassador for the Ziegler Group of Companies. He's co-founder of Chris Dunham Training, president of Mala Ministries, and managing partner of Skyloft. Chris, you're a busy man. <laughs> Try to stay ahead of the game. It takes everything. Well, I tell you what, man. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what you do. I mean, you know, when you bump into somebody at the airport, because I know you spend a lot of time traveling around the world, literally. Um, someone, you know, they 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 start chatting with you. Kind of, what's your you know what's your elevator pitch? What do you tell them if they say, "Hey, Chris, what do you do?" Well, before I start what I do, I try to tell people who I am. So I always introduce myself as Anila's husband and Nick's dad. That's mm-hmm. who I am. Everything else is what I do. But when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a catalyst of human behavior. I try to take people from where they are to where they think they can be. But somewhere in between, in the gap, we step in. So. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's, you know, and, and I've, I've heard that uh, the first time I heard you speak, I believe it was one of the Peter Lowe Get Motivated seminars back maybe a decade or so ago, but maybe more than that. But, um, you know, you were you were talking about all the different things and you kind of closed it down by saying that, that you were Anila's husband and, and, and Nick's dad. And that resonated with me because I think a lot of people, they lose track of, of some of those things. And that really, I mean, it, it just it hit home to me. It really did. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's been my moniker going on 20 years. But I always tell people one thing very simple. In desiring to be a 24-hour champion, for 8 to 10 hours of the day, you have to practice the skill that allows you to make a living. Mm -hmm. But for the balance of the time, you have to invest in the will that allows you to shape a life. And when you understand who you are, what you do becomes very easy. And I just try to keep that in perspective. Man, that is fantastic. So, you know, I've known you for for quite some time. We've got to build a relationship over the past maybe five, six, seven years, whatever it is. And and uh, happy belated birthday, by the way. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. He had a birthday uh, yesterday, and I remember it seems like it was literally like just yesterday. But I remember your dad was in town. You were over at our office, and if I'm not mistaken, it was your it was your fiftieth birthday. Yep. And uh, and then I think y'all went on a cruise after that, or right, right before mm-hmm. that. But it, it just hit me how 
four years have flown by. And it mm-hmm. literally, I remember it. It seems like it was yesterday. And when I saw that, I thought, my goodness, how time has flown. Yeah, someone asked me yesterday, they said, how does it feel to be 54? I said, 54 is the new 53. <laughs> <laughs> Just a year older, hopefully a year wiser. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So speaking of wisdom, so I, I know you're a, a big guy on quotes and, and different things. I've, I'm, I've always been amazed by your, your memory and how you can articulate things. But what, what is your favorite quote? Well, you and I share a common mentor in Zig Ziglar. So the quote that shaped my life all those years ago when I met him and continues to define it is, what he had always said, that you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And I've used that as uh, as my guideline across the world, across the globe, and it seems to have worked. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, it is uh, it is amazing. Now, whenever you sent over kind of some of the show prep notes, you put on there Judge Ziegler. So I'm going to get to learn something new today. <laughs> I had never seen that before. So I'm like, who is this Judge Ziegler guy? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, I knew the quote, but I, 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 where, where did that come from? Because I know it's his name is was Hillary well, you're Ziegler. talking about two people. Hillary okay. Hinton Ziegler was Zig. Judge Ziegler was Mr. Ziegler's brother. Okay. Yeah, and he passed away. He was not a judge. He was quite like an arbiter of some kind. So they okay. they called him Judge. But Judge's quote was the other one, which I also is a. Uh, I mean, I toss up between the two. But that's you can go. You go as far as you can see, and when you get there, you can see further. Ah. So they, you know, Judge was uh, Mr. Ziegler's brother. So. Okay, okay. Well, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I, I knew I was going to learn something today. And so that was something <laughs> over all these years. I had never, uh, never seen that before. So, yeah. so that's, that's cool. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely put that information on the site because I, you know, I find it interesting. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you, you know, you traveled here and, uh, you know, worked with, with Zig for, for many years, since like 1986 or something, but he came here from India. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about that story. Okay, here's a Reader's Digest version. We'll try to make it interesting for those that are listening. I got here from India in 1986, $9 in my pocket. Of course, that's where I was born and raised, so spent the first part of my life there. This year will mark 30 years in America, land of the free. So out of that, I spent a good 20 years working for Mr. Ziegler. I started with him as a telemarketer in 1990 and eventually rose to become their vice president of global operations. Through those teaching and facilitating seminars, I've had the privilege of representing him, setting up his licenses globally. That's how my speaking career birthed. Uh, as we sit here today, I've now had the privilege of flapping my gums in 60 countries on six continents. So it's a long way from that young immigrant who walked through New York clutching all the, my I had in my world in my arms and waiting to be processed through immigration. And uh, so I'm still one of those people who sells America and the virtue it's supposed to be sold. I still wake up every day excited. Uh, but all my family lives in India. I'm the only one from my immediate family that lives in America. So, so let's talk about that. I mean, you you, you rewind back, uh, you know, thirty years really at this point, and you know, you're you're in your mid twenties, and and you know, what makes you want to come to America? Well, my my father worked for an American company, Caltex Petroleum, which for a long time was headquartered right here in Las Colinas, and then they moved to Singapore. But uh, my dad started with them, and uh, he was one of the few Indians who grew through their organization but had two American mentors. And uh, we grew up with American expats in a private colony in India, in the southeastern part of India. So these kids would come from America and regale us about stories about Disney World. They'd come spend their summers in India with their parents who were working as expats in the oil field there or in the refinery. And so from that little 
organization, I think, out of the 60 families that lived there eventually that were Indian families, either one or both kids are in America now because almost all of us had this fascination for America because that's how we were raised. We were sent to the schools that they wanted us to go to. Um, every Sunday they screen English movies. So I grew up watching John Wayne and wanting to, uh, so I tell people everybody has a pilgrimage destination. Uh, mine culminated in Winterset, Iowa, when I got to the birthplace of John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, Chris. That is great. Well, so so as we kind of continue on now, let's talk about books, your favorite books. Now, I see the favorite two books you got are The Bible and See at the Top, and, mm-hmm. and you know by Zig, See at the Top is my favorite as well. But what's one of your favorite parts about that? Uh, about that book? Uh, See you at the top. The one story that changed my life uh, was literally a story that Mr. Ziegler records in the book about a balloon salesperson who's selling balloons in New York uh, or one of the parks. And every time there was a lull in the activity, he would release a balloon and then people would come and buy more balloons. And a little African-American kid walked up and asked the balloon salesman, as the story goes, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, Mr., if you release a black balloon, will it rise? And the balloon salesperson said, son, it's what's on the inside of the balloon that makes it rise. And that somehow in its simplicity resonated with this young immigrant who was struggling with accent and all the isms and schisms of that time. Mm. And I thought to myself, hey, you know what? If I focus on the inside, I should be okay. So that was um, – and of course, you know, I've heard many lessons from him afterwards, 17 years I traveled with mm-hmm. him. But that first story is the one that literally transformed how I looked at myself in the mirror. Man, there are so many fantastic stories, and I know it's changed so many lives. You know, uh, back on uh, episode number two, we had Brian Flanagan on the show. Oh, and yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian's got his, you know, his, his old beat-up book that he's had mm-hmm. for 100 years, whatever it's been, and, and he uh, he was quoting some stuff out of there as well, and it's just, I, I really love it. it. It's so good for self-esteem. It's so good for building people up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've... Um, I was listening to some podcast the other day, and one of the questions that, that, that was asked was, what is the book that you've given away the most? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they may not do that, Maybe part sure. may not be part of what they do, but I started thinking, what's the book that I've given away the most? And I think unequivocally, there's no doubt about it, it's See at the Top, because mm-hmm. whether you have self-confidence or not, it adds so much to, you know, what you've got going on. But if you see somebody struggling, some young person and they they're they're just having some confidence issues, mm-hmm. self esteem. It really just you know it makes it lets them know that they're special. There's something to it. There's a there's a roadmap. There's a staircase to, to get up to. And and uh, as Zig would always close out, you know, he really would say, you know, really do see you at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And uh, it really has made an impression on on all of our lives. So that's that's fantastic. Well, um, you know, one of the things that that we do on the Ambitious Radio Network is anything that we discuss, we'll put it on the show pages. So. When you go on to AmbitiousRadio.com, go to the Listen tab, and you can listen to previous episodes. Chris will have a page on there, and we will put a link to anything that we talk about, books, those types of things, and uh, have it listed there. Like us on Facebook, Ambitious Radio, or follow us on Twitter. Tune in after a brief word from our sponsors when we will be talking more to Chris Dunham about his career pursuits and experiences of becoming an ambitious entrepreneur and career in public speaking. When you 
start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way, and that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex, and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. It is Texas Money and Business, and Ambitious Radio Network is underway here with Doug Parker, my good friend, and a great guest, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Chris Dunham here today with us, and we're going to be talking about becoming an ambitious entrepreneur. So uh, it's brought to you by all3reports.com. That's all the number three reports with an S.com. Many people only check their credit every three to five years, and you know maybe it's when they're financing a home or purchasing a new vehicle. But if there's an issue, that could be too late to talk about it. So speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates and buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing and uh, they have a better way to lease your next vehicle. So Chris, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks a lot for having me, Doug. Good to be with you. Man, I appreciate it. I always enjoy your company and and, uh, just hearing all your stories and the things that are going on in life. But uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of the entrepreneur side of things. I know you came to America and then you worked with Zig for a while, a long while, Mm -hmm. 20-something years. But at some point, you know, you kind of reached out and started doing some things on your own, some speaking engagements. I know you're still tied with them on some stuff as well. But um, let's talk about what kind of, you know, the personal habits that you feel have most contributed to your success? Well, um, discipline to do something is always hard, but the first thing I realized was I needed to change my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So I stopped using the word sacrifice and started using the word commitment. And just changing a little, playing little mind games with myself. So the discipline, but one of the things that I have done, Doug, consistently now for the last 21 years, I can say without error, I've read at least something every day. So on average, at least one book a week now for the last 21 years. Without fail, wherever in the world I am, I wake up within about 30 minutes of 4.30. I spend the first part of the time in the morning, again, disciplined, because Mr. Ziegler always taught me that the first appointment you have every day is with yourself. Mm. Then you knock on someone else's door. So first you had to knock on the door of your mind. Along the way, I came in contact with some folks who began to change my thinking. So the whole concept of most people struggle to complete that final distance of six inches between the head and the heart. And I make sure that every day I do something that allows me to think my way to success, but they also make sure I feel my way to success. So I compliment my head and my heart every day. Mm. And in doing so, what ends up happening is that you used a word when we began and the word was wisdom. The difference between knowledge and wisdom only will begin to appear when you realize that wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. We have more knowledge now than at any other time in human history. The largest percentage of educated derelicts messing up the planet. <laughs> so one of the wise things I learned even when I had that career going on, nice six-figure salary, corner office with a view, 
uh, a thought was planted in my mind. Going forward, I wanted to make sure that the streams of my income were the only things that exceeded the streams of my imagination. <laughs> mm, that's fantastic. So went into multiple different areas. Not all of them panned out. Not all of them will pan out, but it allows us to have excitement. You know, there's an old saying, variety is the spice of life, but ultimately monotony is what buys the groceries. <laughs> well, there, there you have it. So when you're talking about these multiple streams and, and all that kind of stuff, so let's let's talk about maybe some fears that you had, because, you know, it's it's easy sometimes, especially when you've got six-figure income and, mm-hmm. and uh, those things are going on. How do you go about, you know, doing it and, and, and stepping out there? And then what fears did you encounter when you said, I'm going to leave? I mean... I couldn't imagine working with Zig Ziglar. That would that would just blow my mind. And then to decide, you know what, I, th- I think I'm going to go do something else. Well, January 1, 2006, I was sitting in my office, and as sure as we are talking here today, I felt a voice that told me that, you know, I made you famous, now it's my turn. So I felt I had to do something for the land of my birth. But in order to do this, you can't take the... So the biggest fear is, of course, losing the dental benefit and the mental benefit <laughs> of getting something every two weeks. But along the way, I'm really glad that the bride of almost 30 years now said, hey, you know, if there is a time to do it, it is now. Our boy is getting ready to get into college at some point, so we have some flexibility. And let's make that leap. It was scary. It was nervous. It took about three years to get back to the place where we were financially. But here's the thing we have to understand. When I met Mother Teresa in 1994, one of the things she said was, unless you know how much is enough, no matter how much you have, it'll never be enough. Mm. So you... The first thing in security is writing down a number that takes care of your need. Most people who go into entrepreneurship don't realize that they have to feed their family before they feed their ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so once you realize how much is enough, you know, there were days when we ate bologna sandwiches and I would have preferred the corporate credit card and going to the Ritz, but you made that decision. Now, once you go through those processes, you begin to realize into the arena will come those people. The old adage is still true. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. It was around that time I met you. Mm -hmm. You were an entrepreneur. You were very successful. But you were going through some own personal struggles, and you had the capability to share them. But you were the one who sowed a seed in what I wanted to do overseas in that early days when nobody would believe me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it does uh, that you can have everything in life you want. You just help enough other people. (laughs) I came to your office. You asked me to talk to your staff. We did that. And then, you know, it reciprocates. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. We have to realize that the end of all these partnerships, you cannot succeed through proxy. So I could not hang my hat or my career on your accomplishment, nor could you on mine. You're accountable for yourself. But we can partner, we can hold hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mr. Ziegler always used to give this one illustration. When you walk alone on a rail, you can go a certain distance because you're relying on your balance. But if you have a colleague on the other rail and you hold hands, you can go a great distance. And yeah, so these fantastic. are some of the lessons we learned in those holy days that took – the fear was real, but, you know, there were people around who made said – and in raising our child and some of those other attributes, one one lesson I'll give to whoever is listening is this. Do not always make – make sure you always are hanging around with people who have already experienced and conquered the problems you're experiencing. So if you're a parent and you have a child, make sure you're hanging around with parents who have already had a child your age. Mm. Don't most people hang around with people who are just like them, and now you have two people with two problems and no solution. <laughs> no, that that makes a lot of sense. Well, well, let's talk about problems for a minute because a lot of times, you know, with entrepreneurism, 
a lot of people look at guys and say, oh, you know, I want to do that or whatever, because they see the good side of things. Mm-hmm. Most people don't go out and talk about the uh, the bad stuff that's going on. I was actually just listening again on the way over here to uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie, and he was talking about in the first chapter, taking personal responsibility and, and nobody wants to take responsibility for the things they do. And they're talking about these people that gun people down and they were like, well, no, no, I've got a good heart. I would, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what? It, it doesn't even reconcile. But let's talk about, you know, maybe one of the biggest mistakes that you've made over the years and how it affected your business and how you overcame it. One of the biggest mistakes I did make was I, in getting into entrepreneurship, you have to realize that there is an accountability factor. And because there is no guarantee, I, I was not accustomed to making a change quickly. So I would let things fester for a long time because I was a courier guy who punched a clock and I thought someone will come to my aid because the establishment always existed. Whereas when you become an entrepreneur, you realize that the transient nature. Um, and so the through a series of solutions, this is the solution we wrote and we finally, now I tell people, in this digital age and fast-moving technology pace, one of the lessons I learned that came from those early failures was this. If you've been anywhere six months, all the problems are now yours. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And, that you really know, it, it was easier being a 17-year guy working for a company that had been around 30 years that relied on a man's legacy for 50 years. And, you mm-hmm. know, then you have a 90-day leeway on your problem. When you're in business for yourself and your wife and yourself depend and, you know, the family has... Coach Flanagan would say they want to eat three times a day. Right. It gets hard. <laughs> no question about that. No question about that. Well, but let's talk about this. So let's say that you were to go back and tell the the Krish uh, that's 10 years younger, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. go back and tell yourself something. What would that one thing be? Um, be flexible to listen to the advice of those that have gone before you. Pay more attention to their failures than to their success. Yeah, that's good. That really is. That is great stuff. So uh, as we wrap up this segment, you know, you gave a couple of nuggets of advice there. Let's say you've got a new entrepreneur, someone that you happen to bump into and they say, Chris, I think this is great. You know, I've got a nine to five job, but I'm, I'm really thinking about doing it. I'm fixing to jump and make it happen. Mm-hmm. What would be the one thing you would tell a new entrepreneur? Make sure that before you make that leap, you have put away something that allows your initial expense to be met for at least 90 to 120 days because 60 days into the process you will realize what are the hurdles but by that time at least you've got some cushion to buff up against most people jump into entrepreneurship they say they put their life savings in that was easier about 30 years ago when they had a lot less to rely on Mm -hmm. but uh, and the best advice i can give anybody and i'll make this really brief is what i got from a pastor in western australia Always realize that your yearning, your learning should be that your yearning should never exceed your earning. That is fantastic <laughs> advice. God, Chris, that is good stuff for our ambitious listeners. You know, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Be Ambitious newsletter. Next, we're going to be talking more to Chris about ambitious things that he's going to be doing next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
want to thank you for joining us for Texas Money and Business today here on the Ambitious Radio Network and on KEXB, Experts in Business, 620 AM. I'm Ron Taylor. My friend Doug Parker is here and a great guest with some great wisdom, Doug. I, you know, man, we've had to put our thinking caps on today on this one. This is really good. I'll tell you what, I love hearing Chris and all the things that he has to say, all the wisdom flying around in this room. I'm just, I'm taking notes uh, <laughs> nonstop. So it, it really is great stuff. And, uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about expanding your business and don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system, consider grasshopper.com. Keep your existing number, multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Today we're talking to Chris Dunham with Ziegler Training and Ravi Zacharias Global. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Doug. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, that's the first time I've mentioned you know Ravi Zacharias, but tell me a little bit about kind of what you're doing with, with that organization and, and really, you know, so many people entrepreneurism they think of it as the the guys going out to trying to make money and this you know this that and the other but there's an entrepreneurial spirit that i know you have applied towards ministry as well mm-hmm. so let's let's talk about that how did you meet uh ravi and and how you know how did all this work well uh to go back about 10 12 years ago at the turn when the millennia when we were making that change and we we're going through the y2k time and mrs ziegler was deciding to slow down a little after that I thought to myself, what kind of communicator did I want to be? So I'm not kidding you. I literally, on a napkin, I wrote down three names. I said, I want to be able to teach like Ziegler, have fun. I wanted to be able to preach like Adrian Rogers with clarity. And I wanted to be able to reach like Ravi Zacharias with intellectual ability. Dr. Ravi has been one of those foremost ambassadors for Christ, doing something in the arena of reaching the skeptic. So he's considered an apologist, which comes from the Greek word apologia, which is defense of the faith. So Dr. Ravi, I got a chance. I was preaching in India, and then I got a chance, was invited to one of his events in 2010, and that quickly became a great relationship, and I've then itinerated for him all over the globe. Uh, last year, he asked if I would join his team in some sort of a way, but continue to keep my corporate base. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a theologian, and I jokingly tell people I've never been to seminary, and I've yet to go to cemetery. But somewhere <laughs> between womb and tomb, God's placed a call on my heart, and I'm going to fulfill it. But here's the truth. For whoever's listening, we're tridimensional as a species. We're mental, physical, and spiritual, whatever that spirit is. But we're frustrated because we try to eke out an existence in a two-dimensional way. So if you have that third dimension that is that is bothering you, that is something be, outside of you that wants to define what's within you, that's why I chose this path. And apologetics becomes a good arena. Now, I debate with people from all over the world. So like I said, I don't go around telling people that what I think is right. But what I do tell people is the fact that you have to believe something outside of you guides you. Um, truth by nature is exclusive. And Dr. Ravi, the brilliance is, he says, people who don't, are, who don't believe that are trying to define a one-ended stick, and that's why they're frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris, I, I, don't, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about this or not. I, I know we've talked about it before, but you had mentioned to me one time, I, I didn't even have my notes, but it hit me whenever you were talking about this, about a time where your son uh, was, was going to get baptized. Mm. And, and you, you, know, you invited Zig. And so would you, do you mind telling that story? Yeah, uh, it's always a hard one to think, but I'll try to keep my composure about it because this was the life-changing moment in my life. I was raised, of course, in a different worldview, and my bride was raised a Christian. So when we got together, uh, you know, she said, let's move to the West, and we did. 
and then I met Mr. Ziegler. Mr. Ziegler was the only person I've ever known who talked about heaven in a present continuous reality. For him, he was not a preacher. He would always say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go see my mama, and then I'm going to hug my baby girl. And this man, that's how he talked. It was not theologically uh, something he was trying to impress. He just wanted to build a self-image about a world that would not end for him. And I thought that was a fascinating way to live because it allowed his productivity to be at the max because he had a self-image that guided his discipline. So when my bride wanted to have our son baptized and raised in the faith, I said, fine, do whatever you want. It doesn't bother me. So she says, do you want to invite anybody? I said, what do you mean? So she says, well, don't you have any guests that you want to invite? Well, the only person I know who was a person who called himself a Christian was Zig Ziglar. So I went to him and I said, Mr. Z, will you come to my son's baptism? He said, absolutely, if you'll answer a question. I said, what's the question? He said, why do you want to send your son to some place you're not sure you're going? And I just filed that away at the back of my head. Nobody had ever talked to me like that, but I trusted everything this man said, so I took it to heart. On July 28th of 1993, when I held my boy for the first time in the Louisville Hospital, his words came to me. If there was a place in this world that I would never be separated from that feeling, I wanted it. And I remember turning to my mother-in-law, who had prayed for me for seven years. I said, Mama, when Nick gets baptized, I want to be baptized too. Mm. So on October 3rd of 1993, I had the privilege of baptizing my son a minute before I got baptized. And uh, you know, I got baptized first, and then we held him while he was baptized. And Mr. Z was in the audience. Man. That's a that's a cool story. It always gives me chills, you know, just kind of hearing hearing that. Um, it's a it's a powerful story. It really really truly is. So, um, so so you know, what drives you to do some of the ministry work? Because it's you know, I get it. I mean, a lot of people go to church. They're they've got these different things. But then, uh, I know one time you mentioned something to me like you wanted to work hard enough nine months of the year or something along those lines mm-hmm. so that you could go travel and 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 spread the word the other ninety three days months, or three yeah, months, something yeah. like that. And uh, yeah, fortunately for the last five years, I've been able to maintain that formula. So I try to set all my goals to financially accomplish what my family will need to have a roof over their head and food in their stomach and my son go to a good school. I try to accomplish all of that in nine months and we take structured goals, we set them, we plan them, we try to achieve them. And then three months of the year I go out and serve. So uh, one of my spiritual mentors is Dr. Ramesh Richard at Dallas Seminary and he gave me this line, so I'll, I'll I'm giving him the credit while I quote it. For nine months of the year, I work for the yacht people. So three months of the year, I can go serve the boat people. Man, man, oh man. That is that is good, good, good stuff. So let me ask you this, Chris. What's kind of next for you? I mean, I know you've got Mala Ministries mm-hmm. and, and, and you're, you know, you're, that's kind of the platform that sure. you've, has allowed you to do some other things. But is it, now that you're involved with uh, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, it, is that, do they complement one another, or is it more you're doing one or the, the other? Yeah, nothing. I not, that's one of the one of the lessons. There's nothing I do that does not complement something else I do because that's where the roadblocks in life come. When people get passionate about something, it is because they have not evaluated their strengths and their talents. And so this may be a little segue, but. See, talent is from God. Strength is man manifested. Most people go to their grave with their finest talent within them because they hung around with the wrong men. Mm. So if my talent is communication, I need to hang around with everybody who would allow communication to take place. So Zacharias is a communication ministry. uh, And as a result, wherever they send me in the world, it is to communicate. My training company is a communication platform in the corporate space. So everything I do requires me to teach and be a vocal articulator of something I know. So that does not take me out of my primary talent, which was God given. 
Mm, okay. And that's very important to understand. Most people get frustrated because they want to do the right thing, but they hang around with the wrong men, and their talent never gets exercised. Mm, that is so good. So you talked a little bit on goals. Mm -hmm. um, we've got maybe three or four minutes in this segment. We can kind of kind of talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about goals. You said you put yours together, but but what are there some key kind of bullet points with goal setting? Well, first thing is goals don't care who have them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've all heard that, and uh, Coach Flanagan may have said this, but uh, alcoholics have goals and so do drug addicts. Yeah. Everybody has goals. But I have a statement which I learned along the way, and I don't know who I learned it from, but if it's not original, you know, hopefully the original author will forgive me. <laughs> but it is basically this. It's always, as far as goals are concerned, it is never too late to start. It's always too early to quit. Mm. And the reason I use that is my 81-year-old father just got his Ph.D. I saw that. That's okay. cool. This man at 55 had to finish up whatever formal education he could so that he could go serve his family at the age of 75, walking through the university. He says, I wonder if I can go back. And he gave me this quote. He said, when your obligations to others finish, your obligations to your dreams remain. Uh, John F. Kennedy said, goals are nothing more than dreams with feet. T. Lawrence said, all men dream, but not equally. Those that dream in the dark, dusky recess of their mind wake by day to find it was vanity. But those that dream with their eyes open, pay attention to them, they'll change the world. Mm. So goals are nothing more than everybody has them. Having an organized goals program is what's important. So find people who are successful, find things that work, and don't waste your time majoring in minors. Mm. <laughs> You know, I've heard that one uh, many times, and, and I've been guilty of that before. You know, you want perfection, and you start kind of getting, you know, too too dialed into uh, to those kind of things. So, well, you know what? Ambitious times here. You know, after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing more with Krish, what he does to recharge his ambitious mind, body, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be <laughs> a lot www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with RepairMyCreditNow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com It is Texas Money and Business here on KEXB, 620 AM. Experts in business certainly have a few experts in business around the roundtable today. Doug Barker is here and a great guest, uh, Doug, joining us today in the Ambitious Radio Network. It's good to have you. Yeah, Ron, thanks so much. It is uh, it is good times, and we're going to talk about recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit with Chris Dunham. And, you know, it's all made possible by our sponsors, so RepairMyCreditNow.com. Uh, you know, having bad credit can really be draining, and it's it's not okay uh, to to have bad credit. It's not okay to to 
to, to, to have that situation. So if you've got that issue going on, get back on track. Go to RepairMyCreditNow.com and let us help you with that. Uh, many ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books. I know I'm one of those kind of people uh, as opposed to reading them. I listened to a book, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, on the way over here. And so we've teamed up with Audible.com and uh, to offer you a free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com and click on the Audible banner and sign up there for your free trial. Talking to Chris Dunnerday. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good and getting better. Can't complain. You know what? I've heard that a time or two. You know, I think that's what you told me the other day, and it just it just lit, lit me up a little bit hearing you, hearing you say that. So let's talk about some of the things that kind of what drains you, what fills you, how you kind of get through those things. Um, let's get the let's get the draining out of the way real quick. What is it in life that that kind of just sucks the life out of you? Well, uh, as an itinerant who has traveled all over the world and now has just crossed that five million mark waiting in airports and uh, looking at the board and experiencing delays, that literally drains me. It's out of my control, but it's the one thing. I jokingly tell people I love what I do. Sometimes I hate that I have to do it because being away from the family, I have paid the price. So I'm not going to kid anybody. Uh, In some of the messages we give, I tell people, if there's a person to prepare and a passion to pursue, there's always a price to pay. Mm -hmm. And I think I paid the price. Fortunately, by God's grace, uh, she's raised that boy and he's respected me and um, there was no bad outcome, but yeah, I missed everything that he has done. So that literally, there are days when you're lonely on the road and the, you know, as well as I do, when you travel, the loneliest place in the world is a hotel room after the applause has died down. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Well, and, and Chris, you know, I, I do, I do want to mention Neil just for a minute, cause I've had a, a very small amount of interaction, but there was something she said one time that it really um, resonated with me. And it was at one of the board meetings or something with, sure. with mall ministries and, and, she was just talking about, you know, your travels and the things that you're doing and, and somehow it came up with all the things in this world and parts of the world that you travel to. It's not like you're, you know, you're traveling to uh, to Shreveport, Louisiana or something. I mean, you're going over to Afghanistan and all these <laughs> different places. Um, and I, I think maybe somebody had asked her in a letter if, if she was worried about your travels. And she said that something to the fact, I'll paraphrase this, that. She wasn't worried because that uh, that the bottom line is she knew you were on a mission and it wasn't your time to get taken up and if it was then God's in control and um, and and again that just it was very powerful and hit me because that's that shows a lot about her her faith. Yeah, in fact, uh, recently someone asked her the question and she put it this way: She said, "Our marriage was never designed to be one of proximity; it was ordained to be one of example." And to me, she quotes what she heard one preacher say. She says, when a man of God is doing the work of God, he is immortal. And when that work is no longer needed, his immortality ceases. So she says, the day something bad happens to him, I'll realize he's finished God's work. Mm, Man, that's that's good stuff, man. It really is. So let's talk about what fills you, Krish. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for... Uh, opportunities like this, obviously, to have friends. I can't imagine when I landed in New York all those years ago that uh, scared out of my wits, new language, new country, new identity, that I've got to sit in the mayor's box and watch a Yankees game in New York. I got to share the stage with two presidents. I've been on the road, uh, traveled 60 countries, seen most of the wonders. What fills me every day when I wake up is that I, I... I'm I'm a creature of habit, but what fills me is deliberate desire to seek out the innocence that gives me wonder. Mm. It's deep, isn't it? 
<laughs> so so what do you do to recharge? Because I know, you know, travel and all those mm-hmm. things can be very draining. So let's talk about how do you how do you just check out and recharge? Yeah, uh, my bride and I watch uh, a lot of movies together and uh, we are uh, we do a lot of this in binge watching when I get back home. So that is vegetating time. We just sit and uh, basically look at each other and uh, we have a lot of the same interests. So um, I'm pretty sure and uh, I hope Netflix doesn't raise their prices, but uh, you know we we probably get more out of it than any other subscriber on planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your favorite movie? Uh, we do a lot of British uh, uh, shows, so we just got done watching Foil's War, and then we've done Doc Martin, and uh, and most of these things, you know, we watch two or three episodes at a time, so we get our fill. And a lot of them are an hour and a half, so we maybe can only watch one. But uh, as far as movies are concerned, uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm more of the non-cerebral. She likes the mystery, and you know, you have to keep up with who did what. But I'm probably a little very simplistic in my sitcoms and all that. I want to watch non-cerebral stuff, but I love humor, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like anything to be that serious. Right. But if you are going to start killing people, do it during the credits, and let's get it over. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I see here also that you uh, you like to do puzzles and read. Obviously, we talked uh-huh. about that, and and walking the dog. So what kind of dog you got? We got a big black lab. She's going to be eleven years old. And uh, it coincided with my first ministry trip because when I came back from Haiti in 2005, my bride and my son brought the dog to the airport. And I looked at them and I said, what are we going to do with the dog? <laughs> and I'm just dreading the day when I, you know, I was just thinking to myself as a creature of habit, they are probably going to come a time in the not near distant future mm-hmm. when I will get out of the house at four o'clock and just walk, take an empty leash with me and just cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy. I've, I've got a couple of dogs and we had two of them for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And the last 18 months, both of those passed away and we got two new dogs. Mm-hmm. And and you hear about that, uh, that lab lean, mm-hmm. you know. And I've got a little Chihuahua, but she's got a lab lean. And she every time she goes up to you, she just leans over on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's crazy. The other two dogs, I, I liked them. That was fine everything. My kids had them. But there's something about this little dog. It's it's just different. It truly, um, and this is kind of probably not a, a super funny joke, but I'll tell it anyway. I was listening to something on a show the other day, and, and the guy says, you know, the difference between a, you know, a, a wife and, and and a dog, and and he said that, uh, you know, he was talking about this, that, and the other, and he said, well, if you just take them, you know, both and put them in the trunk of your car, and then come back at the end of the day, the dog will still be happy to see you. And you know, it's the craziest thing that that loving. I mean, it don't matter what's going on; they're always happy to see you, wagging their tail, and and. They, uh, it really is kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, so those things. I mean, I love doing puzzles. I love walking the dog. But those are things that you know you come back to, which are, uh, as you mentioned, my life is very unpredictable from day to day. I've finished three weeks in Romania and India. I did twenty-seven events in ten cities in two countries. Mm. Uh, started right before Thanksgiving, and it was it was just tiring delays. You go from city to city. But there is nothing like walking into the house uh, in the airport when she came to pick me up. That familiarity, as many times as I've traveled, I just love that moment when I trail immigration, come through, and she's at the curb waiting to pick me up. And, uh, you know, next month we celebrate 30 years together. So we have intentionally created those moments. And I, I would encourage whoever is listening to do that, find that which excites you and intentionally create moments where initially, if you have to do it by force, not everything has to be spontaneous. Now, that's good. That really is. <laughs> and so favorite places to vacation? Uh, 
I'm trying to think, but I, I've been to Iceland more than any other place on the planet, in the, and then I've been to the Philippines a number of times. I'd love to, uh, uh, but vacation, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'd be torn between a few places. I mean, I'm getting ready to go back to Palm Springs. I've been there many times, and I'm taking my bride with me for the first time for our anniversary. I've had the privilege of seeing much of the free world. Uh, for whatever reason, I fell in love with Iceland the first time I went there. That was about 10 years ago. And then, uh, actually, the you know, first time I went was about 15 years ago, and I made about 10 trips there. I've been to the Philippines about 18 times. I really love that. Mm. But there is nothing like going back to India. Mm. This, this, for me, is home. I have made 51 trips to India since the mid-'94. Mm. Man, that is lots of lots of traveling. So I know you talked earlier. You said you get up within about thirty minutes of, of four thirty every day. And and about how much sleep do you get if you're getting up that early? Um, well, now I've got this little tracker which allows me to track the sleep, and we try to target about seven. So some days it's about a little over seven, but most days about six and a half. I okay. check out before ten o'clock. And people say, why do you sleep before 10 o'clock? I said, because everything that is depressing in the world is revealed in the news at 10. <laughs> so if I go to bed not thinking about it, at least I get a good night's sleep. That's a good point. <laughs> and then uh, I wake up 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning. So we try to keep that six, six and a half hours. And then when I travel, I do the power nap thing. So I'm, yeah. I always am asleep before the plane takes off. Man, <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, Krish, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and you know uh, engage your services for the speaking or, or something along those lines, how would they go about doing that? Well, Sky Life Success, okay. one word, Sky, S-K-Y, LifeSuccess.com is our website. Or you can go to Krish Dunham, my name, K-R-I-S-H-D-H-A-N-A-M.com. Uh, or you can just go online to Google and punch in Indian motivational speaker, and odds <laughs> are I'd probably surface very quick. Now, different kind of Indian, but you can... You get the drift. Absolutely. Now that's good stuff. So, so we got a couple minutes left. I know you've written, you know, a couple books and and had, you know, one that that came out just in the last uh, in the last year or so. So let's talk about the books and where they can get those. Uh, all the books are available on Amazon, uh, but the book you're talking about is Hard Headed, Soft Hearted. It's a leadership book that I had the privilege of co-authoring with the former president of Microsoft, Rick Beluso. And Hard-Headed, Soft-Hearted is about 20 leadership lessons on culture transformation. Ten from t Rick wrote from the top down. I wrote 10 from the bottom up. And we uh, created each principle to be able to be internalized right away by asking you questions at the end of the principle so you can take it back to your culture. I wrote a book called Hard, uh, American Dream from an Indian Heart, which was my first book. Another book I wrote was called Top Performance with Zig Ziglar. So all of these are available on Amazon, and they're available in every format you need it. But if for some reason you can't get it somewhere or whatever, just uh, go back to skylifesuccess.com, send us an email, and someone from our office will be able to equip you on that. Well, Krish, I am so appreciative of you coming on the show. I know you're a very, very busy man. I know you do a lot of traveling, and when you're home— you know, taking time out of out of that that precious time, I'm so appreciative of it, and I know that our listeners will be as well. Um, and just kind of in closing, we want to thank our sponsors once again. Ambitious Radio could not do without you. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Uh, the uh, entrepreneurs, they always kind of have a lot of things going on, and they're always looking for ways to save money. So, uh, And everybody has electricity. So if you're looking to save money on electricity, go to FreeElectricityDFW.com. Tune in Wednesdays on the Ambitious Radio Network, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. 
Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.